But I'll not go and catch me no Catch the midnight rider It's a midnight ride for five hours till 5 a.m. 877-337-6666. We got Fleegs working through some fatigue on the other side. Taking your phone calls for the next five. You count them five hours. And we got plenty to do on this Thursday morning. We got a good Knicks win. We got at least one team playing football. I'm not sure what you call what the Giants do. Hopefully losing, unfortunately, which sucks to say, but it's true. But we're going to start with Garrett Cole, the Yankees offseason, and then what will be the battle of the offseason that I'm looking forward to from a myriad of different ways. But congratulations to Garrett Cole, Cy Young Award winner. Unanimous decision, rightfully so, and you could tell. You knew it. This season was his year to be had. The rest of the team sucked. And the offense was brutal, but Cole was brilliant to start the year. Cole was brilliant throughout the year. Cole deserved this award. There was a a moment in the season where it looked tight, but ultimately he pulled away late. He led the league in damn near everything. He was the best starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he deserves the award, and congratulations, unanimous. He joins the likes of Roger Clemens, who was the last Yankee to win one in 01, Ron Guidry, you know the names, of all the great Yankee uh, pitchers to win the Cy Young, no one's ever won it twice, so let's go, Garrett. But here's the point with Garrett Cole and what it means for the New York Yankees. And we've talked about this a lot. The urgency that needs to be shown this offseason is because Garrett Cole is going to be 34 years old. Garrett Cole is in the prime of his career. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball this year. He's been everything you could have possibly wanted the minute they gave him that big contract. Right? They gave him that big contract. They brought him home. He had to talk about winning press conferences. We had that discussion, obviously, with the Mendoza uh, in a press conference the other day and the idea, can you win it, can you lose it? Well, he sure won it with the, the, the poster from when he was a kid. I remember being so pumped after that press conference. They stole him away from the West Coast. There's another storyline that continues to poke its head into these uh, off-seasons. He, wanted, he was a West Coast guy. Yankees went out and got him. They got their man. They poached him away from the Astros. And he was going to lead them to a championship. And so far, that has not happened. Despite every effort on his part being damn near pitch perfect other than the wild card game in 2021 where he probably was injured with a hamstring injury. But besides that, he's been everything you could have wanted to be. And back-to-back years now, the Yankees have had the MVP in Aaron Judge and the AL Cy Young in Garrett Cole. And those two gentlemen, 31 and 33 in their respective seasons, are the reason why you attack this offseason with absolute abandon to improve this team because you are chasing a window. There is a window of opportunity when you have the best, the second best, whatever you want to call them, in my opinion, the best hitter in Major League Baseball and the best pitcher in Major League Baseball, and you have not been able to even get to a World Series. That has got to change in this window of those two gentlemen. It just has to. And that's when he wins the Cy Young. Yeah, it's great. I like winning Cy Youngs. It's nice. We haven't had one in a very long time since Roger Clemens in 01. The Mets have really 
had a ton of, from R.A. Dickey to obviously uh, DeGrom, all the, the, the Cy Youngs and the awards in the pitching department. The Yankees really haven't had uh, that many of these great starting pitchers. And that's nice and all, but what it makes me realize is they are in the middle of those two guys and their window for a championship. And that's why the two most important figures for the New York Yankees in this offseason, to me, are two young, stud 25-year-olds. And I'll make everything else work without putting in the money, without making the signs. I'll do everything because you need two more to extend these windows. And that's Juan Soto and Yamamoto. Both at 25 years old. If you can add those two players to this Yankee team, that extends the window. Because as much as we love Cole, as much as we love Judge, you are on the wrong side of 30. I don't, despite them being under contract for the next seven to eight years, respectively, I don't know how long they're going to be good. Right now, they're in their prime. You need to attack this thing. And not only do you improve this team for this window with those two players, but now hopefully if Yamamoto is what everybody thinks he is, and certainly what we know Juan Soto to be at 25 years old, already a World Series champion, already someone you know you plug into the middle of that lineup and is one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. If you get two 25-year-old studs at the two same positions and now you attack it with the middle of the order being Judge and Soto and the top of the rotation being Cole and Yamamoto, that is now something where it is a here and now and yet extends the window beyond that where you have to attack this thing. You have to go get Cole and judge a championship in this window right now. This offseason is as imperative as they've had in forever. Not Forget all the nonsense with Brian Cashman. Forget that they haven't won in forever. It's about the future. I don't care. I'm chasing championships. I don't care if they won the last three championships. This is about the future. They need to go Get an offseason right now to sustain winning and sustain a window of championship-level play from from the, the rotation to the lineup, and they need to attack it now, both for this year and moving forward. And the key piece of that is Yamamoto for me because we know, in my opinion, what you're you're listening from everybody, if Soto gets traded – I don't think there's a ton of teams willing to give up big-time prospects for a one-year rental who, yeah, sure, you may be able to sign an extension to. We know the contracts he's turned down over the last handful of years. What Washington offered him, 400, whatever the numbers were, whether you believe them or not, that he turned down contracts. So you don't know if you're going to get to sign him to a contract. There are very few teams who are willing to trade top-pitching prospects, which is what you're hearing they're looking for, and then give him $450, $500 million. There are very few finite teams willing to do that. And what it sounds like is, A, everybody, other than maybe John Heyman, who I saw today, told us he, he, he maybe doesn't expect Soto to be traded, but everybody, considering the unfortunate timely passing of their owner, to the idea of where they are financially in San Diego. They've talked about getting under the luxury tax. They are going to trade Juan Soto. And if he goes anywhere else but the New York Yankees, shame on the New York Yankees for continuing to pass on superstars. Because the one thing they still have, whether you want to admit it or not, the one thing they still do have in their back pocket is the the idea of when they want someone, when they target someone. When Steinbrenner and Cashman, or just mainly Hal, says he's going to be a Yankee, they still have done that. 
When they they wanted Cole, they went and got him. Back in 09, they wanted CC Sabathia. He was a West Coast guy. They went out and got him. Same thing with Cole. Same thing with Judge. They go out and make sure they bring Judge back. They spare no expense. They make the call from Italy. They do whatever they have to do. They're going to go get Judge. The problem is they have chosen to pass on players like Machado. They have chosen to pass on players like Harper. They cannot pass on Juan Soto. They just cannot. And they can't pass on Yamamoto, and neither can the Mets. And that's what's the most interesting thing to me as we are days away from Yamamoto about to being posted. A 25-year-old pitching stud who everyone tells you, everyone you see, everyone who saw him. I'm told, uh, I saw a report that Brian Cashman kept the ticket stub of the game he went to go see it where he threw a no-hitter. This is going. This is supposed to be a superstar, young, talented pitcher who you're hearing all different comps to, whether it's Lincecum or obviously Kodai Sanga or whomever, that he's more durable, that his, his, his delivery is more repeatable, that they expect him to pitch well into it, like he, he's going to stay healthier longer and, and keep up better. And, you know, all that, you're expecting this guy to be an absolute stud. And both teams are desperate. The Mets need pitching. Right, the Mets are trying to build up their farm system. Then the Mets are paying other teams to to send back, you know, better prospects. They're eating the likes of the money of the likes of Scherzer. They're eating the money the likes of Verlander. They're doing everything they can to build up their farm system, but while still putting a competitive product on the field. And they are in desperate need of starting pitching. And already Kodai Senga has been a smashing for success for them. He was terrific. He's apparently rolled out the red carpet, made it very clear that he would love to have Yamamoto as a teammate, which apparently is something when it comes to culturally, when it comes to Japan. If there's another Japanese superstar on the team, you want the idea of the, the, that superstar acquiescing to the idea of bringing in another Japanese superstar, and that's already taken care of. But mainly, both of these teams now, for the first time, in desperate need of a big-time free agent, and both going after it at the same time. And both teams, you can absolutely make the case, both teams cannot afford to lose this battle. And for, for a, a myriad of different reasons. And for the for the Yankees, like I just said, they still have that that you can always point to. As frustrated as the fan base is, and God knows we're frustrated, as disappointed as we are, as much as the oh, the, the fans don't think ownerships willing to spend money, and Brian Cashman puts money in the wrong place, and all that's accurate and fair, and there's reasons to believe all of that. Like I said, when the Yankees still want to go out and spend money and get their guy, they go get their guy. And they have the pinstripes, which you're hearing reports that Yamamoto is apparently uh, uh, interested in. I know for us here in New York, where we struggle to see the forest through the trees and everything is just, you know, we we hate the Yankees. They're 82 wins. They're miserable. I hate everything about them. They don't hit. They, they're, they're too analytical. All that stuff. Still, the global brand is still something significant that you cannot allow Steve Cohen and his money to swoop in and suddenly be the guy who overtakes that. They they decided to pass on offering Aaron Judge a contract. I'm not sure how serious that was. I don't know if Judge would have left the Yankees just to stay in New York. It felt like he was either going home or staying with the Yankees. But still, they could have got in that sweepstakes. They could have been the other team, like the San Diego Padres were, who swoop in and offer $400 million at the last minute. They didn't. They decided to just 
play it safe and not go after Judge and not have that initial loss to the New York Yankees. But now as they both are, you know, are going for it, the big brother New York Yankees, for the first time, this city will spin on its axis. If the New York Yankees cannot acquire Juan Soto because San Diego doesn't trade him or God forbid he goes somewhere else and they are desperately hanging on to the idea of getting the next best thing, the biggest free agent on the market, in my estimation, bigger than Bellinger, whether their needs are hitting or pitching or whatever, the next best big free agent on the market is Juan Soto. And if they allow Steve Cohen to swoop in and take him away, that will change how it's viewed in this city. And for the Mets... They are in desperate need of a starting pitcher. And what they can do by swooping in and taking away a player from the Yankees, like I said, it changed the access uh, of how this city is viewed. But the other thing is, is he comes in here with the understanding of being the richest owner in baseball, being the guy who can come in and offer the contracts others can't, the guy who has the superpower of paying off bad contracts to get better prospects. That's what he does. He he put the Mets right in this thing. And if he goes into his first real battle with the New York Yankees and the prestige and the pinstripes and the fact that they're the real special team in New York and the idea that Hal still stepped up and gave more money or gave or whatever it took to get a player and the Mets come up short in it, well, then what is the advantage of Steve Cohen? The advantage of Steve Cohen is the money and can always get the big-time prospect, the big-time free agent, and throw the money down and just, you can't match what I'm trying to do, Hal Steinbrenner, but if the prestige and the pinstripes and Steinbrenner steps up and gives the contract and takes him away and wins that first battle, then life goes on, same as it's always been. I am very fascinated in how ugly this could get. I'm very fascinated in the idea of both of these teams for the first time, obviously with Steve Cohen, and really the first time in a long time. Now, I know they got Carlos Beltran, the Yankees. You know, the rumor was Beltran went back and asked, you know, offered the Yankees the same deal or a little bit less uh, back in whenever he signed, 06, 05, whenever he signed with the, the Mets. And the Wilpons did spend some money for some times. Like, they never spent money. They went out and got Santana. They went out and got Beltran. They went and got, got Pedro Martinez. There was a time where the Mets spent. And it was really the tail end of the Wilpon era where they didn't spend. But really, for forever, it has never been big free agent, biggest pitcher available in baseball, big-time contract, 200 million dollars, and both of these teams going for it at the same time. And the ramifications of what happens if one of them wins or loses? Because I'll tell you right now, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. And if the Mets swoop in and take away a pitcher where instead of celebrating the 1998 championship team and being at the ballpark to take bows or get booed on the field, Brian Cashman instead flew all the way, all the way to Japan to see this guy throw a no-hitter. He's kept a ticket stub. And you know the offseason the Yankees are having right now. You know the perception of this team. You know the vitriol the fan base has towards this organization and the idea that they don't believe that they're the Yankees anymore. And they don't believe there is a prestige in this pinstripes anymore. And they don't believe that this team is willing to go above and beyond to go out and win a championship, that they're happy selling chicken buckets and making the playoffs. And as long as it's a business and all this, and they won't go over the line. When you know the other guy across town, this is a passion project. 
right? He's a billionaire. He buys the team. He didn't buy the team so he could sell beer and soda and, you know, I, I guess maybe turn, you know, uh, Queens into a, a casino hotspot. Maybe that's part of it, too, because there's a lot of money in that. But ultimately, he did this to win. Right, he's a Met fan. He comes in. He makes sure that they go back to the the black jerseys. He's 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 reinstituting old timers day. This is a passion project from a guy who's desperate to win. And the feeling is the Yankees are no longer desperate and haven't been since George Steinbrenner passed away. And if they go toe to toe, knowing what they need right now and the desperate need that they have to add stars to this team to appease a fan base, and to build forward and project more than just the next three or four years where Judge and Cole are at the top of their game, that they need to go above and beyond that to make sure that they have superstars going well past it. Because who do they have in the contract right now? Judge, Cole, and who else? Stanton? That we, we, we went over that yesterday. There's not much of a future in that. Right now, the Yankees don't have anything you can look to over the past the next four years where you're going to get into Cole's late 30s and Judge's mid to late 30s. This is a perfect time for the Mets to come in, make a statement, and steal away a guy you know the Yankees are desperate for. And I, for one, find it extremely fascinating. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. So we open up the baseball. We do have to, we'll get to the football. We'll talk about... Aaron Rodgers and his impact on the team. And we'll talk about this game where I honestly believe, I know I'm stupid, as much as I hate this offense, as much as I hate the offensive coordinator, and we know he's only here for one reason, and as much as I'm, I'll continue to tell you, whatever you may think, the quarterback stinks, right now the Buffalo Bills are in turmoil. And I think there's a chance the Jets can win this game. I, I say it, I thought they would beat the Raiders, I'm an idiot. I thought they would beat the Chargers, I'm an idiot. Well, here I am again. I think there is a chance they win this game in Buffalo. I really do. And then I'm really I'm really nervous that the Giants can win a game against Washington. So we got to get to the football. We'll get to the Knicks in an impressive win and a timeout and an eight-point swing that turned the game for them. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. It'll be a 1-1 to judge. The pitch swung on and hit. Deep center field. Trout on the run. Aaron Judge number 50. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 1227, McMonagle here with you. Does Steve Cohen have it in him? Does he care? Does he want to stick it to the Yankees? Previously, he is not. He did not care about getting in the judge sweepstakes. I mean, he wants Yamamoto. I think that's pretty clear. I think everybody, there's, you know, this is not a two-team race. Everybody wants him. But I do think for the first time, they're going to be competing with each other for a free agent, and I think it matters, especially right now. It's a volatile time for, for the New York Yankees. Like, it really is. Like I kind of go back on it because I think it's 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 too much from the fan base, but there's no doubt it's there. There's a a disdain for the people running the operation in the New York Yankees. There's a disdain. I don't think that I don't think that's there necessarily. I think there are Met fans who are frustrated. There are Met fans right now currently who don't think you know they should have fired Buck Showalter for for Mendoza. 
But I don't think there's this feeling of hatred towards Stearns at all. Why would you? And I still think there's a honeymoon period going on with, with the owner. And I think the idea that if he were to step in, and especially now that you're hearing the report, like that's it. Like Andy Martino comes out with the report that the idea of the pinstripes and the prestige and who the Yankees are means something to Yamamoto to go in there and steal and overpay for that or do whatever it takes to get him with you and have him forego the pinstripes, come to New York to be a Met when the Yankees are probably willing to give him some good money and willing to go after it like that, that changes the dynamic in this town. And if they go out and have a good season and the Yankees fall on their face, I mean, I think it'll take some serious winning from the Mets. I don't think just a good season compared to a Yankee bad season uh, is enough to really make some waves. But if they don't get Soto and they still and the Mets take Yamamoto and the dynamic in this city changes, there's no doubt about it. And then the question is, does Steve Cohen have interest in that? Does that actually appeal to him in any way? 877-337-6666. Jay in Fort Lee. What's up, Jay? Hey, Chris. Uh, <clears throat> I got a Yankee Met thing, and yeah. then I want to ask you a Beatles question, if that's okay. Sure, of course. Cool. Okay, because I haven't been able to listen lately, so I didn't get your take. So anyway, uh-huh. um, I kind of agree with you. I don't think uh, – I'm pretty sure Yamamoto is not going to the Yankees for anything. Uh Mainly because of what's transpired with Stanton, I don't think it had. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Apparently, the reports are he's even he's unaware of the situation. Well, yeah, but the his, bottom line his, is his agent is. But his apparently his, his agent just released today yes. no, another was, statement warning all free agents of, of was, staying clear. That was yesterday. Yeah, I uh, think well, it's, I think it's a bunch of not. It's two days ago actually. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. I think the idea, well, that he, the idea that he's going to eliminate the Yankees from and and what is he saying to all those clients? Hey, make sure if you're weak minded, don't go to the Yankees. I, I'm sure that's what they'll love. So now, if they if they don't sign with New York and they don't come to the Yankees, they ignore it. It's well, they're mentally soft. Well, he didn't say it that way. He said yeah, he warned all free agents of not only during the season being maligned, but. In the off season, yeah. Make right. sure you're make sure you're made of Teflon. Make sure you're tough enough to play in New exactly. York. Exactly. All right. So exactly. yeah. So in other words, if you're not tough enough, just go play in in, in St. Louis. It's easier. I, well, I don't know how many, play, I don't how many players are going to love the idea of being of having the moniker of being mentally weak and avoiding the New York Yankees. I, th- I think the whole comment was stupid. Uh, I don't think it's going to impact anything. Uh, I don't think it impacts this or any other signing or anything else. The idea this this goes back to Ed Whitson knowing that you have to be mentally tough to play in New York. I don't think there's anything that impacts this at all. Well, it depends. It depends what kind of relationship he has with Yamamoto. Yeah, I, I, again, I, uh, the report is that Yamamoto's not even aware of it. I, I, I don't think he's going to say, listen, we shouldn't go to the Yankees. Let's not talk to the Yankees. The... <clears throat> well, I mean... I, I, Excuse I mean, me. I think mean... that the Yankees, ha- uh, the Yankees are a team you want in the mix. I don't think you're going to eliminate the Yankees from the mix. If this was 2009... They'd have Soto and they'd have Yamamoto, but this is not the same approach. And you made a statement in the monologue opening, yeah. you know, that the Yankee fan base has, I forgot what the exact phrase you used, uh, you know, but they have uh, anger towards Yankee management. No doubt. Well, well it's, it's well-earned because, as you know, this was a great 
this was a pretty good effing team last year. Uh, I, mean, who, I, I don't. Who, Cashman said that. Yeah, I don't know well, how I, you I, can say I, that I, without I, getting the ire of the fans. Yeah, I don't think. Again, I think you're you're now misquoting on a couple of things. Brian Cashman said. We are pretty effing good. I think he meant him and his people at making decisions, not necessarily the team on the field last year. Oh, okay. But um, that's fair. I understand. I, many people took it that way. He was when you hear these clips. But if you watch the interview, he's they're they're talking about his team and, and the decision making and the people in his in his team. And he meant we're pretty freaking good, like as a group running the organization, not necessarily the team that was on the field. But granted, listen, they haven't won since '09. They haven't won since '09. So there's reason to be upset, no doubt about it. I think it goes too far. Like, there are people right now going, why the hell would anyone want to come to the Yankees? Like, why would it? Because they win every year. This is, we're furious about 182 win season. Like, look around. Like, like if, if, you're, if your point is, why would Otani want to come here? Otani was just with the Angels. They can't sniff winning. They can't sniff an 82 win season. This is the, the, this is the end of the world. For the New York Yankees, they won 82 games. Oh, my God, it's the end of the world. He's been there six years. They don't come close to 82 wins. Look around baseball. There's the Dodgers who are guaranteed wins. That's it. All right, the the Texas Rangers look like maybe they'll start something. Who knows? Two years ago, they lost 100 games. Now you know the the, the Texas Rangers are a stalwart. will always be there. The, 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 the Atlanta Braves have certainly built something you think will sustain and certainly the Dodgers have been a franchise now that wins consistently. Other than that, and the Astros. Other than that, like even Philadelphia, they've, been, they've had two nice runs. It's, it was the same team three years ago when they missed the playoffs. Harper's been here for more than just the last two years, and they underachieved a bunch of times. So, I mean, like, when you look around baseball, the idea, oh, why would, why would anyone want to go to the Yankees? Because they're the New York Yankees. They still are. We're just so mad at them, we don't see it. Then it's not good enough. Certainly not good enough. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think they should hate the team. Don't, I don't think Yankee fans should hate the team the way they do. But neither here nor there. They do. They do. And they, ha- they haven't won enough, and last year was disgusting. And if they don't do anything this year, I might have to, if this offseason goes nowhere, then I might have to jump on board because they have to do something. They have to go do something. And if they don't get Juan Soto, they don't get Bellinger, and Yamamoto goes to the Mets, now you're talking about disaster. Bruce in Brooklyn. What's up, Bruce? Hey, how you doing tonight, Chris? Good. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Man, you want to hear something funny? Sure, I always like to hear something funny. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad. The baseball season was so boring around here last year that I couldn't wait for football to start. (laughs) Bruce, you're right, that was a funny joke. (laughs) And now I'm like, do you think the Yankees are going to get soda? Of course. Uh, No, of course. uh, Especially if you're a Giant fan. If you're a Giant fan, the season's over. You're right on to baseball. And obviously the yeah. Knicks, the Knicks, and the well, basketball season, like that's it. Well, the good thing about the, the, the good thing about the NFL is that there's always good games on. Oh like sure. No, I still I still can't wait for for football Sunday. It's it's the best day of the week, whether the Giants are good or not. But yeah, I mean, the season's dead, and right now, and I hate saying this, but I'm worried. 
I am worried about the New York Giants this week. I am very worried. I am well, worried. They, to... I, I'm worried they're going to figure out a way to do it. They've been able to do even while they've been the worst team in football for the last six years. I'm worried they're going to find a way to beat Washington. I'm really worried about it. They're not. Sam Howell is going to. I hope kill so. This do you know? I, I I meant to double check this. I heard someone say it. And I meant to double check it. Do you know Sam Howell leads the NFL in passing yards? Yeah, yeah, I know that. That's crazy. I know that. I, can't it, but I, I mean, know I know, it, I know, he, I know, he throws the ball, you know, every single play, but still, he leads the NFL in passing yards. I would have never, yeah, I, I would have never guessed that. If you asked me who leads, yeah. the, who leads the NFL in passing yards, he would not have been my first two or three guesses. I know he throws the ball. Tom, no, but he right, yeah. It's a good point. And please mentions, you know, how bad the offensive line. I'm, what, who's right behind him? C.J. Stroud is number two, correct? Correct. C.J. C.J. Stroud like is is second on it. It's unbelievable. And how about that? Two back-to-back things that apply to this town currently. One, a rookie who steps right in, doesn't need to sit, steps right in and transforms his team. And you can't tell me that they're good everywhere, that he's in a better position than the Jets were roster-wise. Like the the, the Texans have stunk forever. And he steps right in. He's second in the league in passing uh, yards. They 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 they're winning big games, beating Cincinnati, and he's he's worked himself into the MVP conversation. And then Sam Howell, while not winning a ton of games, leads the NFL in, in passing yards, and yet his offensive line is atrocious. How does he do it with a poor offensive line? Make it make sense because I was told with a poor offensive line you can't function. How does Daniel Jones actually, oh, my God, who would ever, how could you possibly get on Daniel Jones? The offensive line's terrible, Chris, terrible. No quarterback could function with that offensive line. And yet the Washington, you saw the Washington offensive line when the Giants played him. The offensive line's terrible. And yet he leads the league in passing yards. Not that that's the be-all, end-all. It's not the only stat that determines good quarterback play, but still, when's the last time Daniel Jones came close to leading? And where's his great wide receiver? Is Jamar Chase on the on the Washington Commanders? Raul and Monroe, what's up, Raul? Hey, how you doing, bud? Good. How are you, buddy? Good, good. So, do you think that Singa helps get Yamamoto? To the Mets, and where does that leave Otani in this whole spectrum of uh, what's going on? Because yeah. I know he got hurt, but now everybody's like pushed him to the side. I don't think anyone's pushed him to the side. Um, let me answer your first question first, and we'll go to Otani. One, I don't know if Yam if if Sanga helps with Yamamoto necessarily. What I'll say is there was there is like a thought, and and again, I don't know this to be true one hundred percent. But there's kind of been speculation and the thought that a lot of Japanese stars don't like to go to a team that already has a Japanese star. That that's yeah. they, they they don't like to do that. But I'm told that um, or I saw a report. I think it was Andy Martino. But the report is that a lot of that is because the the guy being there doesn't want the new guy uh, coming to the team. So there's like a thought of maybe some being some tension. But apparently Kodai Sanga has made it very clear that he would be thrilled to have Yamamoto on the team. So I don't think it's an issue at all. I don't know if it necessarily helps, though. 
Uh, so what, I, what do you think about Shohei, though? Like, where does that leave him? Well, Shohei Otani's been very quiet, right? I don't think anyone's put him on the back burner. He's the best player in baseball, even with uh, the injury where he's not going to pitch for a year and a half or however long it's going to be. I still think he gets either the mega contract he wants. There was a report a couple days ago that he might be willing to take a short-term deal with high average money to you know establish himself as a pitcher again and then hit the free agent market again as a tool to, a two a tool dual uh way player but I've I've been told also reports are that he wants this extremely quiet. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to know your he, he, reports are I'm talking to this team, I'm talking to that team like apparently he wants it to be very very quiet. So I don't know. I I I still think and thank you for the call. Well, I still think he probably prefers the West Coast, but I do not think it's a a a, a, a deal breaker. I don't think, uh, and that was the reports too that he's willing. It's more about winning, so I do think he's open to coming out east. I don't think it's a non it's it's a non-starter the way it was when he first came to the country and first joined Major League Baseball. But I'm sure he'd prefer the West Coast. And right now, you think the Dodgers are the favorite? I would think the Dodgers are, are viewed as the overwhelming favorite. Uh, they didn't go. They didn't go spend a ton of money last year. Uh, they saved their money so they can give it to Otani. If it's about winning, let's be honest. Although they have not done well in the postseason uh, since the 2020 World Series championship, that you could kind of question in that COVID year, but still they won a championship. And I, I don't know if they've won a round since. They've been awful, and Mookie Betts has been awful in the postseason, and they're loaded and yet still don't and still lose to lesser teams consistently in the postseason. You can't argue the winning. I mean, they win. So he they, that team fits both as good as you can fit it. He's It's where he wants to be, and they win more than anyone. I mean, they consistently win 100 games in a division every single year. So I think the overwhelming favorite is the Dodgers. I, I do think San Francisco is dying for a star. They've tried to sign Judge. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I'm still dealing with it a little bit. Amazing. It's been two weeks, um, but I feel much better. Thank you. Uh, what was I saying? The Giants. They've been trying to get a superstar for how long now? They were they were right. They were trying to get Judge. Arson Judge almost went there. I'm sorry to make that joke. I'm so tired of the Arson Judge, but I just felt like it had to be said. Judge almost goes there. They almost have they have Correa signed before the ankle issue. Like They're trying to sign a superstar. It's the West Coast. It is the Giants. Um, they're looking to spend money. So I would put both of those teams ahead of the Mets and Yankees. But we'll see. We'll see. But I don't think he's on anyone's back burner. I think he's on the front burner for every team. But it's probably somewhat a limited market, and apparently he wants it to be kept extremely quiet. Albert in the Bronx. What's up, Albert? That was not uh, coherent. Hello? Hello. How are you doing? Good late night. Uh, uh, I know it, I know it sounds cool about Juan Soto and all, but I'm saying the Padres aren't dying to trade him. So that means they're going to be looking for a lot of prospects. Well, and he's only a one year and he's only a one year rental. Yeah, well, what, well, first of all, a couple things. I'm gonna let you finish. I can tell you want to talk fast, but let me just let's have a conversation. One, what makes you think they're not dying to trade him? Because there's no reports out there. Well, I mean, there's reports that they want to get under the luxury. They want to get under a certain amount of money, and there's reports that they needed to borrow $50 million to make payroll, and there's reports that, you know, they need to cut payroll. So, I mean, I, I think they are motivated to trade him, but still, they're not going to give him away. They have an asset there that they're not going to give away. So if, you're, if your point is it's going to take some prospects, I don't disagree, yeah. 
And so why not go in the in the free agent market and get Yamamoto or other starting pitchers, well, and then yeah. and when he comes to free agent, get him then. Well, because uh, a myriad of things. One, I you want him for this year because you want to win this year. Two, you have no idea if he gets the free agency because what if he is traded uh, somewhere else or at the either at the dead? Because you can't tell me if even if they want to give it a go this year. If they have a losing season and they're out of it come the trade deadline, there is no way they're not trading him. So if he gets traded somewhere and then signs an extension right away and you never get free agency, I just don't know. For me, I'm willing as a Yankee fan or as the Yankees, knowing that they should be willing to give him the contract, you trade him, whatever the prospects are. It's a one-year rental. I don't think it's going to kill you. It's going to be a couple of pitching prospects, you know, good top pitching prospects. But, guys, I think you can live without. That's why you go get Yamamoto in free agency. And you get Soto because he's the best player available. He's better than Bellinger. He's better than anyone else you can get. He's a phenomenal player. And you got to get him here now. I want him for this season. I want to lock him up. If he's a phenomenal player, why don't you think they're going to ask for Dominguez? Because it's a one-year rental, and I don't think you're going to get Dominguez. I mean, listen, if your point is they don't have to trade him, so they're going to ask for your top, top prospects, and anything less than that, they're not going to go, they're not going to trade him. I mean, I, that's your prerogative. I don't think they'll treat it that way. I don't, I, I think if, if they're going to look to move him to save the payroll and they're going to get what they can get, I don't think anyone's going to give them their top, top prospect for a guy you're going to have to, uh, you know, give a $500 million contract to. It doesn't seem that way. It's going to take, some, I mean, they might get their top pitching prospect unless that whatever organ, like the Yankees don't have a top, top. They have very good, you know, they have decent starting pitching prospects. They don't have it as the best in their system. They don't have it as like, this guy's going to be a clear cut, no brainer, you know, top of the rotation guy. They might have guys who turn out to be that. Thorpe is, you know, very well thought of. You know, Beater, who they got in the um, the Gallo trade. Amazingly enough, they got a, a good pitching prospect out of Gallo from the Dodgers. Like, he's he's thought of, well, there's a handful of guys who are thought of pretty well. But I don't know if any of them are like what we're expecting the Martian to be. So it's a, it depends on how San Diego is going to treat it. If, you, if you're under the, the idea that they don't have to move him, which clearly nobody forces anybody to do anything, and that they're just going to say, well, give me your best prospect or we're not moving him, then he's not going to get moved. But if they're realistic and they want to get a bunch of pitching prospects and they they know they needed them, they're going to probably lose Snell. They're going to lose um, uh, Bader at the back end of the bullpen. They're going to lose a bunch of pitching. They they need starting pitching in the worst way. I just I think they're going to look for ready made major league pitching that can save some money, help the rotation, and keep them under the 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 luxury tax that they want to stay under. That's would I think there's a good chance he gets moved, and I don't think it'll take. Uh, Volpe or Dominguez. I don't. Chris in Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Hey, C-Mac. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm starting to feel a little better because, you know, the Mets had a bad season. The Giants are a college team or maybe a high school team. <laughs> but I tell you what, man, I- I'm so pumped about my Knicks. I-, I tell you. It was a good win last yeah. night. It was a very good win last night. Oh, man. And without, without, without that big RJ, 
Um, yeah. You know what I'm Which noticing? I'm, I'm concerned uh, about the headaches. I'm concerned with the migraines. But yeah, I, I, I it's do the, crazy. It's the home. second I, game. I really it's, it's, okay. a, it's the second game in a row. And did he did he miss one a few days ago? A few games back. Yeah, too? he missed the one against Boston. Yes. Well, no, I know that was yeah, that was the last one. But I'm saying even prior to that, I think he lost. He missed the he oh, played, the knee injury. He, oh, is it just? It wasn't the head. It was a knee. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I I can experience. I can relate to migraines. Um, I've had them when I was a teenager, and I had them really bad. And I had to go on a strict diet. I couldn't eat pizza. I couldn't eat uh, um, foods with MSG in it, um, which included hot dogs. I couldn't eat chocolate. All the things I love. Why even? Why even live? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might, well, you might as well just. You might as well just end. Well, them. eventually, I started saying the heck with the doctor. I'm going to start eating my way back to these foods, and I never got them again. Oh, good. So. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're scary. My mother gets uh, it's it's more it, it, she gets them and, and gets dizzy mainly. It's not so much like a pain or but she just she she gets like vertigo. Oh, with okay. Her, with her migraines, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a great it was a great win. They had the moment in that game with five minutes left. Where you know they, what I'm they you fall know, behind you, seven. Yeah. They call that timeout and come out and and quickly score. You know, eight points in in three possessions there and retake he's the lead. I mean, he's definitely earning his contract. Um, you know what I noticed with Hartenstein, and 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 you know last year he was pretty good. You know he he, yeah. he was getting up to the basket, making sure. But this year it seems like he's continuing on what he did against the, in the playoffs. Actually, I think he's done even better. Um, he's driving to the basket. He's getting these layups. He's getting the yeah, rebound. Yeah, he's looking to score a little bit more early yeah, on in yeah, this he's year. Definitely his own is. Rebound. Yeah. I mean, he's and he's scoring. And I noticed that with a lot of the guys. And and another yeah. thing with Randall, he's he's making his shot. Well, Randall, like, yeah. Well, Randall has come alive the last three, four, four or five games uh, after a really bad start to the year. He's come alive, and early on in this game, he was getting to the basket at will. He has the layup late in the game that helps seal the deal. He's still a little, you know. He makes weird passes in the paint sometimes that just drive you nuts. He's got yeah, no tact. He he's got no. He's got no tact. He'll throw Mitchell Robinson, who I love and, and played great in this game, by the way. But he's stone hands. You can't go drive into the lane. <laughs> yep. You can't drive into the lane and then throw Mitchell Robinson a bullet pass when you're three feet away from him. Like, stop doing that. But beside, yeah, no, besides that, I mean, it happens all the time. He'll drive to the lane. Robinson's man comes off to double, and then he throws a bullet to him from two feet away, and it goes off his hands and out of bounds. It happens five times a game. But, I know. He's got to stop But, I mean, it's, it's, it drives me nuts. I, I know it's a little small thing, but it just drives me nuts. But Mitchell, yeah, and but mentioning Mitchell Robinson, what a huge offensive rebound he had in this game. I mean, he is he's an offensive rebounding savant right yeah. now. He's he's having a great start to the year. Well, even even off the uh, the uh, the defensive boards, where that yeah. was his strong point, he used yeah. to actually get him. He's, no, Mi- he's, Mitchell, he's put a little more heart into it trying to get that ball. If, if Mitchell Robinson could I- improve his offensive game, just just a little bit, he could be you know someone they can really count on. But it's just tough in this league. To have zero offensive game, it's just tough. To even, yeah. No matter what position, no matter what kind of rim defender you are, what kind of rebounder you are, you can be useful and and you can be an important cog, I suppose. But you can't be indispensable and you can't be someone the team relies on if you have zero offensive game. It's it's tough. But I mean, he was he was great in this game. Huge offensive rebounds and 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 Randall has really come alive. I mean, that's he he got off to a terrible start. I, uh, he said in the post game his ankle's feeling better, and he was able, you know, to do his thing. He was hitting big shots. You know, if Randall and I think he was sixty uh, percent, he was three for five from three, which is huge for him. Uh, and uh, I'm looking at the stats now. He was three for five from behind the arc, 
Overall, 50% from the floor. Two for two. They didn't really get to the foul line a lot, unfortunately. That's Quickly's the only one who shot a lot of foul shots. Quickly, five for six. Otherwise, they only shot uh, 10 free throws in this game. But, you know, Brunson doing his thing. You know you can count on Brunson. He shot 60% as well, six for 10 from the three-point line, including the dagger at the end of the game. I mean, it's just a good win. It's just a good win. It's a very good win against a, a Hawk team that, you know, plays them tough. And they were down in this game. Like, I th- I was ready to watch this game fade away down seven. They, they, nothing's going in. They've been leading the game the entire game. And all of a sudden, just nothing's gone right. Bogdanovich hits a couple shots. They get a, a, a dunk off a rebound, and they call a timeout, and the Knicks are down seven points. And you're like, this game is about to fade away. And they come right out of the, the timeout, quickly hits a three, Quickly hits another basket. Brunson hits a three. And in just 30 seconds, they had the lead. I, that was, without question to me, the turning point of the game. That, that Off of that timeout, down seven, to turn that into a one-point lead in three straight possessions was the absolute turning point of the game. Matt in Long Island. What's up, Matt? Hey, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, buddy. What's up? Yeah, I just want to talk Jets. I called them a few weeks ago. This offense, the struggle, God, change. They got to score some points. And I mean, going into this Buffalo game, I do think they still have a shot. I mean, I'm in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know where it's going to start, but this offense, I feel like the Bills, they're, they're a weird team, kind of like the Jets. I mean, yeah. they, they're careless with the football. They're not playing well. They're floppy. The Jets, they can go. But the Bills can also put up, you know, 30 points. And, like, Josh Allen can just go for four touchdowns. Oh, no so question, like yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the Jets. I mean, I, I want to see them be aggressive That's the, the, this game. The, the difference in the teams are is one team's capable of that, the other one's not. Yeah, I know. I, I think I, if things go the way they've been going, I think it's going to be a tightly contested game, no question. But if, but like you just said, there is a chance, especially firing the offensive coordinator, maybe it lights a fire. They're going to, um, what's his name from LSU and then Carolina? What's yeah, what, Joe? I Wait, I mean, who the, who the Bills, who's the new Bills offense coordinator? Joe, uh, what's his name from? I think it's Joe something. Yeah, I don't know. I had it. It's off the, it doesn't matter. He was he was the offensive uh, coordinator for Carolina and LSU before that. Yeah, uh, but Joe Burrow. Yeah, with Joe Burrow. Um, I, listen, so I, just off of that, just the idea that they made some changes and they realized that the season's fading away, the Bills could show up and just be dynamite. There's yeah, no, I know. The, the Jets are incapable. The Jets are in, team. Yeah, the Jets are incapable of showing up and being dynamite offensively. They're incapable. The, the Bills are not. But, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think they have a chance to win this game because the defense is banged up. And right now, I, I don't expect that. I don't expect the firing and, uh, you know, the new offensive coordinator to come in and suddenly spark this team. I think something's wrong with this team right now. Because whenever, like, they played that miserable game against the Jets week one where they turned the ball over four times and they lost the game they should have never lost. And then they went on a run for three weeks where they looked like the best team in football. And I said, oh, boy, that, that loss to the Jets was the best thing that could happen to them. They're about to go off on a run. And then they went to London to go play the Jags, and they were awful. And since then, something is just not right with them. Something is not right with Allen. Something is not right with the team. I mean, is Diggs even part of the offense? Like, you watch the games. Diggs isn't, is a, isn't a focus at all. At all. So I, I'm, that's something that has to change for them. But And uh, hopefully against the Jets and Sauce Gardner and, and Reed and this defensive backfield, you know, maybe hopefully this isn't the week where Diggs gets right. But something's just not right with them. And I think this is a very winnable game for the Jets, believe it or not. It just is. 
It just is. Despite all the flaws, despite how bad this quarterback is, despite how terrible this offense is, they need to get it going. And we'll see what that team meeting does. We'll see what the, the all-players-only player, you know, players only meeting does. I, I don't know what it could have possibly done. I don't know what was said. I don't know how. I don't think the problem is effort. I know there's the turnover issue. I, I Excuse me, the uh, penalty issue. That's cost them in a myriad of ways. And every time they get a little momentum, they have a, a boneheaded penalty. That's something a player could bring up and say, we need to get our heads out of our you-know-whats and stop making bad penalties. But ultimately, the offense is struggling because you know why. And what are they going to do? And they can't. I doubt very much they just stood up in the meeting and said, you stink, Zach. Like, I don't, we, like, he's still going to be the quarterback. 